Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. We are living in the age of rage. I have never in my life seen so much anger and animosity, uh, so much contention and conflict as the present time. And so much of it is rooted in belief systems, false belief systems. In fact, historically, uh, religious movements have created the most devastating effects, uh, have been the most disruptive and destructive because when people believe the wrong way, they behave the wrong way. Uh, your, your doctrine really does matter. And when I say religious system, I'm not just talking about churches, though that can be the case. But in fact, when people believe there is no God or they believe uh, that certain uh, mores of society need to change, those are religious beliefs as well. Those are deeply held uh, belief systems. And there is nothing worse than religious rage because when flesh operates and masquerades under the, under the uh, context of religion, it finds in it an excuse. <laughs> so it parades around as being uh, a worthy thing, and yet, oh, it brings so many ugly things into our world. We come today in our study of the book of Acts to Acts chapter number 19, where God is using Paul in an amazing way. You remember the work that was done at Ephesus and the beachhead for the gospel and now the effects of it, the ripple effect being felt throughout the world. Well, I want you to know that when there are good things like that happening, the devil's going to fight. Spiritual warfare is inevitable. And the Bible says in Acts 19, 21, after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And the same time there arose no small stir about that way. Now there are a couple of very interesting phrases here in verse 23. One is this term, that way. Do you remember I said to you that believers, before they were known as Christians, were known as people of the way? people who believed in one way of salvation, one way to eternal life. And of course, that is the one who said he was the way, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a reference here to the people of the way and those who taught the way of salvation. And then this phrase, there was no small stir. <laughs> that is an interesting uh, way to express the fact that there was quite a tumult being made. Friends, the gospel has power. It shakes things loose and shakes things up. Uh, when the God of heaven moves in, he doesn't leave things the same. Sometimes people say they want a spiritual awakening. I wonder if they really do. I think they want uh, comfortable and uh, convenient. Uh, they don't really want things to change. When the Lord comes to town, he begins to change everything. And so it brought no small stir. And what was beneath that? Well, verse 24 says, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, 
brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. Money talks, doesn't it? (laughs) So isn't it fascinating that beneath all of this rage, behind all of this complaint, was really a desire for greed, for, for covetousness, for money, for things. A man by the name of Demetrius, this silversmith, made idols. He made golden images and silver images, and he was good at it, and he made good money doing it. And now people were turning away from idols to the true and living God because Paul was preaching exactly what the Bible teaches, and that is things that are made with man's hands are not God. God is God, and we are not. God is God, and nothing we make is God. So when people believe the truth, they turned away from the lies, and this brought, in the words of Scripture, no small stir. Let me show you what's behind so much religious rage today. First of all, there is greed. and People not trying to find the truth, but people trying to make merchandise. Uh, this is where corporations and uh, so many movements jump on the bandwagon of whatever is being promoted at the time. It's not even because they believe it necessarily. It's because they want to profit from it. And so there's greed. Then not only is there greed, there is anger. The Bible says in verse 28, when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath. I remind you that wrath is a work of the flesh and not a fruit of the Spirit. So wherever you find wrath, just know this, that's not God. In fact, the Bible teaches that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So we have greed, we have anger. Then the Bible says they cried out saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians, and the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not wherefore they were come together. So religious rage is not only marked by greed and by anger, it is also marked by confusion. Twice you find this. In verse 29, they were filled with confusion. In verse 32, uh, the assembly was confused. Could I just remind you that God is not the author of confusion? In fact, this theater is filled with people who are shouting and screaming, and the Bible says most of them didn't even know what they were fussing about. That sounds like our world, doesn't it? People don't even know what they're talking about. Common sense has been lost. Logic has been lost. Reasoning has been lost. Why is that? Because that's what sin does. It brings darkness. It dumbs everything down, and only truth can cut through it. Then the Bible says, And they drew Alexander, verse 33, out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with a hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Isn't this interesting? The same thing they said earlier, and now they shout it, they scream it for two hours. My friend, just because someone says it a long time doesn't make it true. 
And frankly, just because a lot of people say it doesn't make it true. And so what is behind this religious rage? Well, there's greed, there's anger, there's confusion. Then there's mob mentality. If enough people say it, the Old Testament teaches that though hand join in hand, the wicked will not be unpunished. We're living in the age of rage, and what's worse, we're living in the age of religious rage because religion fights against truth. Religion, these man-made systems, uh, these um, moral ideas that have their origin in what man thinks and what society says is the norm at the time is not rooted in God. It begins in a bad place. It ends in a bad place. And the only thing that can cut through it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only thing that can break through greed uh, is the love of Jesus. The only thing that can, can change anger and hatred is the love of Christ. The only thing that uh, can break through confusion is the truth and clarity of the gospel. The only thing uh, that is louder than mob mentality and screaming voices is the eternal word of the living God. So face the age with gladness and with truth. Take your stand and speak up today for Jesus Christ. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.